0: Hi everyone, this is Alfredo from Teach for Justice. This is 2022. This is uh, basically episode one of season one. And uh, what we're gonna do once a month is I'm gonna talk about three to five uh, items in the news that I'm following that have to do with uh, how everything that's occurring in education might be affecting kids and teachers. So this is my January wrap up. I know it's being posted a little later than that, um, but there's going to be a monthly wrap up of some things in the news that I'm following. So share my screen real quick for you. And let's start with really the one I've been following the most. Uh, It's encapsulated by this Teen Vogue article here uh, that was published on January 31st by Megan Cattell, student walkouts over COVID are sweeping the country. And really, the walkout I wanted to focus on is uh, one in Chicago. And in Chicago, they are uh, they formed a group, uh, the kids formed a group, and they called the group CHIRADS, right? And it's, it was a student-formed group that is protesting uh, mask mandates, and they had a list of demands that they wanted. And you can you can get the link in the in the in this, uh, in the podcast here. But uh, what I found really important was a couple of things. First, this was very student led. You know, as we adults here are trying to haggle over, you know, where mask mandates fit with politics and where that fits with parenting and school boards versus administrators and things like that. Uh, you know, we're not asking. The kids themselves. We're not asking the, the young people themselves what they want or what's good for them or what they're willing to do or how much they can tolerate, you know, or, or what they're comfortable with. I mean, I, I know some districts and schools are doing surveys, but I personally haven't heard of a ton of uh, school districts or school sites acting uh, really deliberately or consciously with intent as a result of some student surveys. So, so in some cases, and this is a great example, uh, and this article from Teen Vogue has some, some other great examples from uh, Oakland and Denver as well. I mean, Minnesota's got some walkouts uh, here in February, and I'll talk about that when I recap February. But uh, uh, they, these kids started a Twitter account, an Instagram account, uh, a, f- a couple of days before the big walkout, they posted, uh, here's the chance, right? Here's the, here's our, um, the things we're going to say as a group together. Um, and so it just really gave the impression that they were super organized. And they did. They walked out. Hundreds of kids all over Chicago walked out, making ultimately um, uh, a bad situation, which is bad no matter what. You know, the focus at least shifted. For a minute, from the mayor, the union, uh, the administration, shifted to um, to the kids themselves, uh, which I thought was uh, there was a lot of power there. Uh, and the other thing is whether it was intentional or not. You know, since this was student led, you know, and these Instagram and Twitter accounts were you know put up and managed by these young people. And so, because they're under eighteen, I'm not going to um, go through their Instagram and Twitter or whatever right now. But uh, what hit me was. One moment on Instagram where one of the organizers came home from the big walkout day. And and it sits with me still. Uh, She was exhausted. And in a public way, because, you know, social media, she just recorded this uh, authentic reaction to having contributed to organizing and participating in uh, a walkout for their rights. And the, the line that hit me that she said was, we did that. She repeated it a few times. You know, she had a lot of adrenaline and was winding down, and it's very, you know, uncensored. And she said, "You know, we did that. Uh, your your grandmama didn't do it. Your auntie didn't do it. We did that." And I thought that was a powerful moment of recognition. And it'll be interesting to follow the Chicago situation and these Chirads kids. Hopefully, they can keep it together. You know, um, after January, which I'll recap after February, uh, it looks like they had gotten into some disagreements on. What now, right? The toughest question, especially for young organizers. And it's happened over and over again in the labor movement. You make your statement, you get the attention, and you have to ask yourselves, what now? Uh, the CHIRADS uh, students are facing that right now. And, and I, I'm anxious to see where they go and, and how people who might be you know, willing to support them can support them and, and, and potentially guide, guide these young, young people. All right, next step. This one was very viral. I don't know if you ran into it here. Um, I'm showing a coverage of it from Newsweek magazine on uh, January 25th by Daniel Villarreal. But this was in Texas, right? And you had uh, at a school board meeting, you had some students show up and give their comments. And what I thought was interesting about this uh, was the perspective. Uh, And I think it's evidence of a really strong education here uh, that a student showed up and was very clear about their perspective. She said, uh, you know, I'm an honor student in the top 3% of my class. And the big line that went viral, if you didn't catch it, was she said, "Uh, I'm simply going to say that no government and public school is an extension of government has ever banned books and banned information from its public and been remembered in history as the good guys. Uh, and the other piece of the perspective she offered the, the board was, uh, that she was under the impression that the book banning was for, you know, uh, deviant kids to read smut, I think is the word she used. Um, and I don't want to give the kid's name. It's in Texas Newsweek covered it. You can look it up yourself, you know, she's under 18, but, um, she said, it's not, you're not just taking what you think you're taking away from, uh, those kinds of kids, us honor students, want access to a full education. And uh, I'm here to you know, um, address the fact that we are not comfortable with all of these books you're, you're taking away. And so I thought that was an interesting perspective. It was a great line. As a history teacher, I can tell you it's true uh, that, the, that the groups banning um, books have never been remembered as the good guys. So uh, shout out to uh to her teacher um for making that clear to her and, and and to anyone who supported uh that young lady in terms of showing up uh to a school board meeting and looking those people in the eye and making that comment um you know banning books is not new shoot there's a banned books week um dedicated to this concept um it has we have felt like it's um the heat of it has been ramping up here at the beginning of 2022 and um, you know, as teachers, you know, depending on what part of the country you live in, you might you might need to, you know, look around, you might need to ask around and see kind of what heat there is. And, you know, as a teacher myself, the conversation is happening. It's happening in departments meeting meetings, it's happening with uh, administrators, it's happening even at the uh, with the union, Like, where are our protections, especially if, you know, I mean, our years already started, what if we've taught a primary source from one of these, one of these lists, really with the intent of just providing, you know, a full, a full education. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I just know that prior to the last two years, you know, I teach AP U.S. history and, um, and non-AP history to 11th graders here in Southern California, you know, we didn't get a whole long list of things you can't teach. And so if we're sticking to the California standards and, you know, approved list of things, I mean, shoot, the College Board gives us, you know, a a thorough uh, book on recommended ways to teach APUS and and recommended sources and things like that. And, you know, it'd be interesting to kind of uh, put those together and say, hey, you know, you got this banned books list, the College Board has uh, these authors that they recommend. You know something's got to give here. Um, You know, and and what role does the College Board, or what responsibility does the College Board potentially have in uh, either modifying in in reaction to some of these trends or standing their ground? You know, uh, nobody as a teacher, nobody wants to get in trouble. Nobody wants to um, be put taken, have their name dropped at a school board meeting, and and uh, be called in for doing something irresponsible. Um, and so this is a tricky tightrope uh, we're walking. And depending on what part of the country you live in, uh, the tightrope is maybe uh, thinner and higher and, and and with less safety nets below you. And good luck to you if you're in a, a tough situation. All right, two more here. Uh, again, I'm, I'm taking this off my, by the way, I'm taking this off my Wakelet, which is on my, my website, and the link will be uh, in the, in the, um, Description box here below. Um, it's a public wakelet. And, and so I'm tracking these things as we go, what I'm uh, looking at here. Fourth grader, this is from the uh, FresnoAlliance.com, um, a voice of the progressive movement since 1996. I'm not advocating, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not a cheerleader for the left or the right here politically. I'm just talking to you about news I'm, I'm following. This fourth grader, uh had an assignment and and keep in mind for those of you who don't know in fourth grade in california uh for decades one of the linchpins of fourth grade curriculum was what we call the missions project and, and it had to do with the california missions and you know prior to more awareness about culturally responsive teaching uh uh, you know, the missions project was a very romanticized version of these Catholic missions established with um, the Spanish. And, and, you know, as over the last few years, especially, I think people were relooking at curriculum all the way around. I mean, this is why we see, you know, college uh, um, school boards, sorry, school boards um, reviewing curriculum and parents being concerned about this or that. Well, in California here, people were looking at the missions a little bit. Um, uh, uncomfortably, uh, and you know, it's it's up to you to look more into what happened in the California missions. But uh, you know, uh, the, the the missions had some pretty dark dark events happen to Indigenous people. You know, the conversion of the uh, Indigenous peoples here in the Southwest was by no means a smooth um, a smooth situation. I have a, a kid in fourth grade right now, and I have one that when they were in fourth grade, I, I remember having some tough conversations with my history colleagues about, you know, how much detail I'm going to go into as a parent, you know, armed with this knowledge of some, some terrible things that happened at these missions uh, here on the West coast. uh, And is that appropriate for a fourth grader and things like that? And, you know, uh, how we handled that personally, you know, I'm not going to necessarily get into, but I want to draw your attention to this fourth grader whose teacher or district, I'm not sure because it's in Northern California, um, trying to go around the missions project offered an alternative. And this fourth grade student decided to study uh, his schools. Um, the His elementary school is named after President James Polk and he wanted to study and research James Polk. So this is in uh, by Vic Bedoyan. This was uh, published on September 7th, 2021. And uh, this young man, decided uh, in his research about James Polk, which uh, his elementary school was named after, uh, decided he was really uncomfortable to find out that President Polk was a slave owner, that President Polk uh, against the popular opinion of Congress and of most Americans, uh, decided to instigate a war with Mexico. Uh, that war with Mexico resulted in uh, newly acquired land for the United States. And that newly acquired land set in motion um, or exaggerated what had already been in motion for the US, uh, the U.S. Civil War. And this young man came to the conclusion that he wanted to start a petition to rename his elementary school. Uh, he was uncomfortable going to a school that celebrated President Polk because of his decisions. And so he had his... Uh, He had his points, this fourth grader had his points, he had his research, Uh, he had a persuasive argument and he had a petition for people to sign online. This is what I'm gathering from this this, uh, article. And then there was a couple of other um, uh, articles from local paper that I have on my Wakelet. But uh, at the end of the day, a parent of a student in his class complained uh, when he and alerted his teacher about what was the substance of his presentation. When he went to present, his teacher shut it down. When his parents complained, the principal got involved and said that what he was doing was inappropriate and offensive. Uh, after some back and forth, the, um, they let the kid do a Zoom video. If people wanted to jump on the Zoom video, apparently only or mostly adults attended the Zoom video. At the end of the day, he presented to the elementary school student council and asked the elementary school student council to vote on whether they should change the name of his school to to another name other than James Polk, the student council proceeded to unanimously vote in favor of changing the name. Now, elementary school student council does not have any authority to to actually change the name, but the idea that um, he he researched, he felt passionate about it. He didn't take no for an answer and he presented his case and that other kids agreed with him, I find to be the best part of the story. I find the adults in the situation handling this in a real sloppy manner, uh, uh, interesting and, and you know mildly disturbing. Uh, and I find it interesting that the only reason we're in this mess is because we're rethinking this California standard of uh, glorifying the, uh, these Catholic missions. Um, you know, the missions are a part of the history of, of California. Um, from, the from, you know, a variety of perspectives, you know, the missions are not necessarily a positive part of our history. Uh, and lastly, I'm trying to end on a, on a mostly good note here, has to do with, did you see it in the news? Chocolate milk. All right. So some, uh, again, this is California um, and we had and again, it's fourth graders, right? And fourth grade students noticed that they had jacked the chocolate milk from their cafeteria. This is in Vacaville, California. I'm looking at uh, abc30.com. Uh, uh, this is from February 7th. This update is from February 7th, but they uh, they took uh, chocolate milk off the menu. And they uh, told the kids it had too much sugar. The kids staged a protest, they had signs, they also had chants, what do we want? Chocolate milk, when do we want it now? And they ultimately ended up in a negotiation with administrators. Um, At the end of the day, what happened was the administrators agreed that once every other week, the kids would be allowed to have chocolate milk. I think the kids could have held out for more. They really stood their ground. I can appreciate the fact that it may have been their first protest um, and I fully support them. Uh, You know, there was a lot of ways to handle it. You know, I have mixed reviews about how this was handled by the adults in the situation, um, but I just found it uh, uh, interesting, you know, um, that kids this age, like the other kid who is trying to get his school's name changed fourth graders recognizing their right to protest, recognizing their, their, their right to be heard. Um, and you know the severity of the issues, one being the name of the school and the other one being uh, chocolate milk might be different, but I think that there's a thread there of uh, students wanting to be heard and uh, adults in the situation not necessarily uh, making them feel super heard. So that's what I was looking at in January. Um, You know, and uh, uh, we're going to be doing this once a month on education news, things that are affecting the young people who we are all trying to um, guide, to mentor, to build up, to take over when we're too old to do it. And um, hopefully we can all get together and, and support these kids.